Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where supermodifieds are king. Methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Race Chaser Media's Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of the Inside Groove Super Modified Podcast. My name is Tom Baker. Camden Proud is still over in Italy sampling various and sundry kinds of pasta. He will return eventually. Uh, In the meantime, we'll try to keep you entertained for a little while here on this episode. And, you know, I'm really, really stoked about this particular episode because our special guest is Gary Albritton. Gary is a driver who uh, I think was the first driver that I remember actually watching race at Oswego who went to India. I know there were drivers before him who did it, but I personally didn't get to see any of those drivers race at Oswego. Gary was the first one, and he was a young driver in 73-74 when I first started going, and so it was really interesting to see how quickly he got to Indy, and I remember just being amazed. Uh, and of course, uh, his time there, not exactly what he'd hoped for, but, um, you know, Gary certainly gave it a good shot. And uh, that was one of the things that stuck with me about Gary is he came back to the Supers and had this whole amazing career driving for a number of different, really uh, legendary car owners. And so Gary Albritton on the show with us here in just a little while, and we're going to kind of walk through his career a little bit and hear from him, and I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, There really is not a lot of news to tell you about other than uh, we do have an addition to the Oswego Speedway schedule. This was the news that I talked about last week that I was hoping I could break on the last episode, but uh, just couldn't quite get the clearances I needed in time, and I'm not a person who um, kind of goes against the keep it under your hat rule. Um, I'm not a journalist who's ever prided himself in those types of trophies, so to speak. I'd rather get it right and uh, keep relationships than I would to say unnamed sources told me. So, um, But here it is, in case you missed it, on July 4th, the sport mods are coming to uh, the Oswego Speedway, sport modified, sportsman modified, however you want to, Uh, title them and this is going to be a great addition i'm sure that everybody that goes to the speedway that night uh you're going to get i think four classes i think all the other classes that oswego normally runs will be in action that night on the fourth of july i don't want to say there's going to be fireworks but you would think right so (laughs) should be quite a night at the speedway and i would uh would say jody london has worked really hard to put the show together along with uh some of his partners and um jody just did an amazing job with the street stocks um for or super stocks i should say for classic weekend this past year dave london memorial race and i know uh, that race will return again this year and i think that uh jody is a very bright young promoter and a very hard-working young man um i wanted to try to get him on this episode but because i'm actually on the road myself uh with not a whole lot of um wiggle room to record this and put it together 
Uh, we're going to wait till after the Thanksgiving holiday, so he hopefully will be able to get on the next episode, and uh, he and I will talk in more detail. But just know that uh, a pretty good-paying sport mod race coming to the fast five-eighths of a mile on the 4th of July, uh, Jody says he expects car counts uh, in the mid-20s, and I'm kind of hoping maybe they can hit 25 or above but i think uh, if you see over 20 it'll be a great show and i know they're some of the guys that know about it are already really excited so should be fun um definitely stoked to see uh more different divisions competing at the speedway throughout the season you gotta use your racetrack and you got these divisions that are local and you know have some car count to them and um I think it'll be fun. I don't believe that we've seen sport modifieds at Oswego since the race of champions was held there or stopped being held there a few years back. So um, should be a lot of fun. And I hope that all of you who hear this show and are in the vicinity to be able to go and support that. I hope that you will. And if you would take some time to go to Jody London's Facebook page and just uh, thank him for all the hard work that he's doing because even though it doesn't directly tie into any of the three major divisions that Oswego itself runs, anything that comes into the Oswego Speedway and adds fans and adds car count and adds food sales, you see where I'm going with this. So uh, we we really need all hands on deck here. So I'm, I'm really excited to see Jody uh, taking these risks and going out and and doing what he's doing, it takes a lot to put on a big special show like this. And it doesn't really matter what your division is, per se. The work that goes into organizing and planning and lo- working the logistics out and all of that uh, is, you know, getting sponsors, all of that is just um, tremendous. So uh, definitely thankful to Jody and uh, really excited to talk with him, hopefully, in one of the next couple of episodes here. Okay, other than that, not a lot to share. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have Gary Albritton with us, and that should be a lot of fun. So uh, we'll have more of the Inside Groove Super Modified podcast brought to you by IPC Indy and, of course, our other two sponsors, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Skip's Fish Fry and... Uh, of course, Rich Worth and the folks at JNS Paving as well. We'll be back with more right after this. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Welcome back to Inside Groove, and as promised, we now have Gary Albritton. Uh, a driver who I remember really well from when I first started going to the track. I started going in 73, Gary, and um, if I remember correctly, I think you either ran, I can't remember if it was that year, maybe it was the beginning of 74. If, if I remember, I think you drove the Shamrock 13 one time, maybe, 
and then had your gold 75. And that was kind of the first time I remember seeing you at the Oswego Speedway. I'm kind of curious, when was the first time you actually laid eyes on the Oswego Speedway? Do you remember? Yeah, we went up in 1971 for the twin 30s or 35s, whatever they were, it, with my uncle's, uh, my dad's younger brother's orange and white B4. It was more like a sprint car. Okay. It was a, home, it was a homemade sprint car. Wow. Okay. How did you How did you run with that car at Oswego? We had to start in the back, uh, and um, they had a yellow after a lap and a half, and I was up to fifth, but they put me back to tenth because they couldn't even track me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's I interesting. Just, yeah, because that happened in both the 35s. Really? And, uh, yeah. So you actually went from the back of the field with a with a sprint card into the top five. I didn't finish. I mean, but I got up there before people started getting strung out. You know. That's awesome! Wow, <laughs> I love that. And then uh, was I correct that you eventually? And I don't remember. It might have. I don't remember seventy three or seventy four. But I was thinking that there was one point where you actually ran a race in the thirteen. Is that true? I don't remember that at all. Okay. I, the last couple of years, I've just tried to count. I tried to count two things, my concussions and, and the car owners. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not sure how many concussions you had, but I know you had a lot of car owners. Oh, I had way too many concussions. But uh, um, we went back up the following year in the Gibson Roadster, the green 22 that Donnie Sonier okay. bought. Okay, yep. And, and we went up for the Classic and... and uh, had some maintenance issues and then went back up uh two or three times in the gold 75 because we bought the my dad and i bought the greens 22 off of don and we went up two or three times in 73 and then i was racing pretty regular up there i think in 74 and gary miles asked me to drive the 93 about mid-season i remember yeah and first i told him no then a little bit later i told him yeah and uh it, that was interesting because that was actually my first full year of going. And I remember you very well in the 75. I loved the gold car. I was, you know, like instantly attracted to that color. And I loved the car. And you had some really, you were fast in that car. And then you went to the 93. And I remember for the classic, you put um, Pete Foltz in your car. Yeah, Dad had, I uh, was going to put Pop in it, but. That that year, the the gold seventy five still didn't have uh, power steering, and Dad had worked at Ford Motor Company, and he worked on production, and he got Bucyrus and his oh. one elbow real bad. So yeah, we put Pete in it. Okay, yeah, here. And, and Dad and Pete ran together since the Flathead days at Canton. Pete had a pretty good uh, pretty good run there before. I don't know if it was a mechanical. I can't remember what happened, but I remember. No, I told him not to duck under anybody going into one, and, and, and when the race was over, he says, I did what you told me not to do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he ended up because, in a jingle. Okay. Yeah. I, so, uh, I remember. It hurt it. the car bad, just bad enough he didn't. He was out. Okay, so if, if the first time you came to Oswego was back in 71, when did you actually start racing? And obviously, and I had kind of forgotten, to be honest, that your dad had done some racing, I think, before you. Um, talk about your, how you kind of got started in the game. Well, uh, my dad's brother-in-law took him to Canton Speedway one night about 
about 1953. And the next week, Dad had a flathead out there. Then the week after that, his older brother and his younger brother also had flatheads out there at Canton Speedway. Oh, okay. And, and I think I gave Gail a picture to, to try to throw the people off, you know, how they used to do in the program. Oh, right. You know, and, and it had a picture of Dad's flathead uh, with me in front of it with, with, with a dog like Petey was uh, <laughs> and my little pot belly sticking out. It, and, and the bumper on the car was really big, and Dad used to say, yeah, that bumper costs more. That, that radiator costs more than the whole car did. That's why he had such a big front bumper on it. That's funny. So, but uh, so at that point, when when did you actually know that uh, you really wanted to to do that? Was it kind of during that period? Um, I just grew up watching him, and um, let me see if I can get this right. Oh, my dad kind of had the moderate access to Canton Speedway. He, he didn't have a key to the gate, but he'd just take the hinges off the off the post and take going and, and test the car. Oh, okay. And, and he had a he was he had a homemade sprint car and they were testing it. And I talked talked dad and the car owner and they let me take it out. And uh and how it old had, were it, you it, at the time? It, uh fifteen. Wow. And and uh and uh it had a clutch it had a hand clutch. You had to reach down and grab it. And I spun the car out three times, and I always kept it going. And and the car owner looked at Dad and said, this is what Dad told me later. He said, I think you got a driver on your hands. He says, you couldn't even keep it running when you, when you spun out. <laughs> I said, yeah, I didn't want to get told to get out of the car. <laughs> so, so the next year, uh, a guy that his dad helped on my dad's bomb, that's what they called him back then. Okay. Uh, um they uh we got together and uh, I had a 57 Chevy convertible that I'd been driving around okay and and we pulled it apart and put a cage on it and and started running it out there and I'd drive it one week and and then this other guy would drive it one week and of course if you know me I I kind of butt heads with any anybody and and we kept butting heads so he since he'd put the engine in the car, he just kept that one, and and then I just built another, and then I finished out the year in, in a fifty in a my second street rod fifty seven. I cut, chopped up two fifty seven Chevys to drive at Canton Speedway. So oh wow, looking back, it seems like a big sin now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Well, but you, yeah. you wanted to go racing, so you did what you had to do, right? Yeah. So so uh, you where did you did you run out? Did you run supers for any length of time out there before you came to Oswego the first time? Because I remember no. you still being very young when you you came to Oswego. I just looked young. Uh, I uh, trying to get it right. Had uh, oh, then he stopped that year in the '57 Chevy. Then, then my, my uncle, my one uncle had a gas station and and my other uncle had a had a car that had been running an open wheel been running out at Canton Speedway and another driver from Canton had been running it for a while and they put me in it so my second year I was in an open wheeled car and then uh, 
that went moderately okay. And then, uh, oh, and I lost a lot of laps um, because the Canton Speedway came out with the rule: if you got all four wheels in the infield, you had to sit there. So, <laughs> so both, so both years because of a guy that went on later to be real a real big hot dog in can in the late models around here and some of those traveling circuits tony diano when, when he first hopped in one he he would just when he ended up in field he'd just stand on it and come flying out and kicking up rocks and boulders and everything else oh, so they, so so because of the yeah, I, I told tony later on i said you know you stunted my growth in racing didn't you <laughs> <laughs> and he'd just laugh you know but uh, yeah, he'd kick up a lot of rocks, so they come out with a rule: if you had all four wheels in the infield, just done for the day, so, or, or for that race. That's funny. So, so but then uh, after we got through that s- second year, which is my first full year being behind the wheel of any car, and and uh, my dad and I kept talking about. We knew where there was a real good Curtis Craft, the '56 Curtis Craft. It was it was built for Indianapolis, and that was that was built just on the brink of when they were going to Roadsters. Okay. So the car never made it out as a as a because the Roadsters just you know just made them obsolete overnight. Yeah. So I ran that. That was my red sprint car, '75, and. Uh, I go brain dead. I mean, this this is a, a concussion. It's a I, long time I, I, to remember I, back, though. Pardon me. It's a long time to remember back. Well, yeah, but uh, I I counted up concussions, and I had between uh, thirty-five and forty concussions from the time I started racing till the time I quit. Wow. Yeah, I'm kind of like a boxer at points in in conversations. Yeah. Yeah. You and, just. That's all and, right. Uh, we got plenty of time. Honest, I got tested for dementia. I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good news. Well, I'm 70 now, and I was having some issues, and I and I said 70. something to the VA, and they tested me, and they said, no, nope, you got, uh, I only missed two two or three out of 30, so that gave me a 91. Wow. So, so they said, you're doing real good. I said, it don't sound like it around the house some days. <laughs> Well, we all have our moments for sure. Yeah. Yes. Mine, mine's a little bit more. But but anyway, where was we at? Well, you. so when you came to Oswego, um, I was saying, you know, I thought you were still fairly young. And you said, oh, I just looked young. How Do you remember roughly how old you were when you first came to Oswego? Well, that was in my uncle's car. That was 71. I was born in 49, 59. So about 22. 69, about 22, yeah, and I yeah. took two years, I took two years off, but uh, Vietnam was going on, and and a whole bunch of crap, and Grandpa was in World War One, and Dad was in two, and oh, I wow. just told my buddies, this, and I said, Grandpa's in one, Dad's in two, it's my turn, and they go, and that was before they had the lottery for the draft. Okay, <laughs> wow. You should, you should have been in, in, in the boot camp training when, when they passed those numbers around, oh man, I wouldn't have had to join. <laughs> wow. Well, thank but, you for your service. Yeah, certainly it, you do it, appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, Paul was in. Dad was in. It was my turn. That's all. Wow. Well, uh, we're happy we got to see you uh, come to Oswego and and start to to run and and uh, I mean, what was Oswego like for you? Because that had to be an amazing change from the tracks you were running in Ohio, right? I mean, I would think it would have had to have been much bigger and faster. 
it, it, well, we run Heidelberg. That was one of the last races I ran before I joined the service, so that, that was a little bit bigger than anything I'd been on. And I hadn't been to Sandusky yet, but we ran okay. Heidelberg. So I got, you know, but you you adjust real fast. You just see what everybody's doing. And I just always told myself if they can do it, I can do it. And usually I had to back up. I read an article on Rick Mears later. He just kept slowly building up to the corners. And I just shot in there and said, whoops, too much. Yeah. You know, got to got seriously, yeah. got to back yeah. it up a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I kind of think me and Eddie, because I, I got to see Eddie while he was still breaking in a little bit yeah he see he seemed to have that same mindset that i had whoops too much just back it up a little bit more and uh but anyway so well, you uh you started uh with with the the gold 75 in 74 and like you said you went over to the 93 what was it about uh i mean it, it obviously that had to have been a um, a, a great compliment to you that that Gary and and his team would ask you to run for them. But uh, what what was it about making that move that was appealing to you? Is it just simply getting in someone else's car so you weren't running your own, or what? What ultimately well, I, do you remember? I, I, I didn't want to run. I didn't want to. Baldy was in that car, and yeah. I didn't. You know, I grew up watching Baldy, and, and my dad was good, but Baldy was better. Yeah. And, and, and I Baldy didn't want to bump Baldy out. And I'm going to say this right now. Uh, I got the yearbooks, and, and I got the classics. The year before I hopped in the '93, Baldy qualified two tenths faster than I did. And the year after I got out of the '93, Baldy ran it again, and he qualified two tenths faster than I did. I mean, I mean that's that's documented here in the in the program yeah. I got at home. Yeah. Oh, and, he could and, he uh, could certainly drive drive a race car. That's for sure. Yeah, but but the bottom line was I was having a good year in in that Gibson Roadster, and I thought I was making money, but I was keeping for a hillbilly mechanic. I was keeping pretty good records of what I was bringing in. Right. And 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 uh, I'd brought in X amount, and I was about behind about two two grand. And I'm going, geez, this oh, ain't boy. right. So that that was finances. Okay, so I, I I never knew how to chase sponsors down. So, well, um, you know, you certainly knew how to drive. That's for sure. You you we we all had a lot of fun watching you for a lot of years. Uh, so I know that the classic that year wasn't necessarily kind. I think you had some sort of an issue uh, with the ninety three and and um, my issue was my back bumper on on Kenny Andrews front bumper to, oh. I got the move I got the move over flag and I'd pull high and that instead of the guy going low like he was supposed to, he'd just spin me out. He spun me out two of the three times I got spun out in that class. Really? Wow. Yes, sir. So I, I don't have no trouble saying that. Well Kenny's been known to be a little bit uh, aggressive over the years. Um you would uh you would have some company there I think. Um but, well, I mean, I was just trying to finish the race, and, and he'd just take you out. He, you know, he'd, yeah. And, and we were supposed to pull high so they could go low, but he just wherever he is at on the track, he'd just take you out. You know. Yep. Yep. I hear so. you. Well, and in, and in, in then you came back in '75, and this is where I think the whole world found out who Gary Albritton was because when you when you got into the car, uh, the 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 Ruth packing car uh, with, with Dick Ruth and and that group. It was almost like everything just started to click for you, and 
um, boy, I I just that was such a competitive year too. I think it was one of the most competitive years the Oswego Speedways ever had, and you were right yep. in the thick of it and ended up, of course, winning the classic. That must have been quite a year for you. It was, and we won a couple. I I skipped a couple races at the because I was still trying to build a resume to get a shot at the IndyCar stuff. Right. I I I skipped a couple races at Oswego for for the high banks of the ASA shows and I missed a couple races at the ASA shows for the Sandusky shows and I missed a couple Sandusky races for 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 uh, I finished for for the Oswego group cuz I finished third in points in ASA Sandusky and and uh and Oswego and that was the best year I ever had and my and when you say that group that group was me and my dad and, and really that, my dad's pit crew, yeah, because he took the gold 75, and he started racing around. He, he was running Sandusky and Lorraine, and when I asked him to park the car for a couple of weeks to help me get my feet on the ground here in Canton, he uh, he just flat parked the car, and he'd won, he'd won two or three at each Lorraine and Sandusky. Wow. I think they'd run four times, and he was just, well, that was the best car he'd ever been in was that gold car. You That's know? awesome. I mean, he had a year at Canton where he won like uh, uh, eighteen out of twenty-two races. Goodness, you know. But but that was well. He had he had an advantage over those guys because they always just ran one track at Canton, most of them. But Dad had been driving for a couple of different guys, and he'd run asphalt and he'd run dirt and he'd run asphalt. Dad could drive on anything. It took me a while to adjust the dirt a little bit, but but got the hang of it to a point, but not real good. Well. But, it- wasn't most of your most of your dirt stuff wasn't wasn't that I mean did how much of the I know you ran USAC for a little bit uh, I think how much of no, the USAC no I, you never I, ran like a sprint car in dirt or anything no Ray Smith jacked me off there excuse my language uh, but uh, I I went there knowing asphalt and, and you know and, and USAC was big on some guys they would run asphalt but not dirt or other guys would run dirt but not asphalt okay and, and ray categorized me and he kind of benched me when when it come time to run dirt and put somebody else in it uh, and, uh okay so and the, the best i'd ever ran, ran was at winchester and i think i got a uh they ran twin 30s that day and no that was in the midgets but the best i ran ran at winchester was uh a fifth or a sixth in, in Ray Smith's car. Okay. Because I remember you running dirt. You ran the mile at, at Syracuse with the Super. Um, yeah, it was but the that, poly car many years you, later. But but that was, when dirt got compacted, you drove it like asphalt. Right. You know, I mean, at least I did. And, and, uh, and. And uh, but if it if it stayed wet and muddy, I I wasn't real good on it. Okay, yeah. So, so the track condition was right because you ran pretty well with. I think that was in '77, so we're skipping ahead of it. But I think you ran pretty well with that car, as I remember on dirt. I think you had a top five, didn't you? Yeah, and that was with with the engine. We never figured out what the engine problem was. But when we went back with the Tobin car, after it took us three laps to get going as fast as when I say us, I mean us go seeking two or three other guys right. uh, we could we could get on we'd be within one or two tenths of sammy swindall and, and a couple of those boys and uh but we need we needed a couple laps to build up some momentum but yeah we could run right with them and that's that's why they uh 
the guy that the guy that ran that world of outlawed series he's he's seen uh what was his name eddie thompson went there before any of us yeah ted and, and johnson he, i think was the guy he, if I he, remember. he ran he ran real good with them and and that was looking bad for that was looking bad for uh uh, not Glenn Donnelly. For, um, I think it was Johnson at that time. Yeah, Johnson. Yeah, he was Johnson, the knucklehead. Yeah. Yeah. Donnelly was fair, but but Johnson wasn't. But Johnson didn't want supers there at all, because because some of us once we got adjusted and acclimated, we we could run with 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 his big boys. Right. Yeah, the first few of them were fun. Uh, yeah. To be able to do that, and then uh, I think the the supers had a couple of shows on their own. Uh, where you know you ran obviously against each other and and those were interesting shows too but um but to go back to 75 you that was really a kind of your coming out year at Oswego in a way because um you know again great great you had a good season and, and you actually got in a couple of other cars during that year too um and it was like almost anything you drove you were fast in i think you drove Freddie Graves car once and Gosh, maybe the thirty six at one point. Yeah. Um just yeah, you know, Phil. Thirty six thirty six was having dry drive line problems and for whatever reason Buckner didn't trust Bobby and Bobby was a hell of a driver. Yeah, he was. And, and uh thirty six I drove I drove the five one night too. Yes. Yeah, for Norm Macrath. Yeah, I think he was hurt or something and, and, and couldn't run. Um, so you had, that was kind of the beginning of your, cause you, you quarter, you ended up having this reputation for, um, you know, being able to get in any car and get more out of it than the guys before you or the, or the current driver or whatever. And, um, and, and I feel like that may have been at least from the Oswego standpoint, that may have been the origin of kind of that definition of you was from that year because you were in some other cars and, and ran very well in the other cars that you got in. But when it came to the classic, um, you know, watching you win that classic, I mean, that was, that was amazing for me as a young fan. I was probably maybe eight at that point. And, and, um, but hit no knew of you and knew of the Ohio contingent, the Gibsons and the Bakers and all of all of you guys from, from Sandusky Dukes, and all that yeah. Dukes and, and you know, I was aware enough to understand that, you know, here's this young driver, young for the time anyway, coming in with very little experience and kind of went to the top pretty quick and went out and and uh and ended up winning the classic. What was it like for you to win the International Classic at the Oswego Speedway, and I know that Steve Joya said when he won it in '76, he kind of, he remarks even today that you know you wonder if, if if you didn't it if it wasn't too soon because then you never could win it again. And um and and but I, I'm curious, you know, you obviously won it very early in your career at Oswego. Um, what was it like to be so young and and kind of be on top of the super modified world at that point with that classic win? I, you, you got to understand. Before that race started, uh, nobody could touch Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, and and I was I was earlier in the year. Uh, I learned a lesson that I hadn't given it much thought to at Sandusky, because uh, I was down there in the Orange Seventy Five at Sandusky just at a weekly show, and Bob Fry had been pretty much winning with the sprint car, 
and we had a red flag for some reason and i went over to talk to bob and i was just because we were buddies when he when he got hurt and he was banged up and he was he, he was laid up i went up and seen him and and uh but he was kind of dry personality wise and, and I, right. I, i'm a little bit more lit up personality wise right but i went over and i'm talking to him and I know I'm messing with him. I mean, I, I was I would go high and let him get under me, and and then I'd go a couple laps, and then then I'd get him back, and then but that was going on for like ten laps before the red flag came out. But uh, uh, Bill Bader come running down and, and and said before I got to talking to Bob too much, and he goes, "Hey, keep up." He says, "Keep keep that up." He, he says the crowd really loves it. I said, "What?" It, and uh, and he he, he told me. You, you playing with Bob like that? I said, "Oh, he pissed me off." I said, "I'm just screwing with him." <laughs> <laughs> but, but but that but that really stuck, and and uh, and I never forgot it. So when I pulled under Jimmy, it looked like I was going to try to pass him when we had that restart. Yep, I, I, I was just doing that because. Because Bader, because of what Bader said at Sandusky, the crowd really loved it. I was just doing up until that happened i was just racing the race but after that happened i started thinking of the crowd a little bit and and i just pulled under jimmy just just to get the crowd on their feet a little bit and and uh, knowing i couldn't do nothing with him but i actually seen his fuel pump pulley come off of his fuel pump uh yeah uh, it, it, it 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 hit the ground and come toward me a little bit and then it hit the ground and spun back up under his car it, at that moment, I didn't know what it was, but I seen something fell off his car, and I knew he was done. And if I'd have been on his back bumper, I might have pushed him a little bit. Right. You know. So. Wow. But, uh, Once you got the lead, I mean, you, I, if I recall correctly, you were never seriously challenged. I mean, you kind of had it mostly your own way the rest of the race. I think. I don't think if if I heard somebody come up on me, I'd, I'd give it a little bit more. But I was trying to save it. I hadn't learned how to. Uh, we didn't have the stagger set perfect. Okay. I, I hadn't learned how much you got to back up on stagger be, from what the tires would grow. Because back then you had to uh, um, put like 15 laps on those Goodyears before they would get set, and that cost us when I was in the in the duncan car a year later because i only put like six eight laps on it and i had a real bad hangover and the car was loose the whole race uh, but no the, the the 75 we didn't have the stagger just perfect because once you get that right like once by the time i got to the 21 we knew what to do okay and we we could hit the stagger and, and we could pretty much go front to back well and that was be, that was before hoosiers come along and in ruined racing but anyway well in my opinion <laughs> well again i <laughs> I, I don't. I think you'd have a line for 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 that as well. Uh, at least in I've I've heard plenty of talk, uh, so that's not a surprising opinion. Um, but in in those years, seventy four, seventy five, you kind of had both of those cars. If I remember correctly, the the, the seventy five was a Gibson car, the gold one, and then wasn't the uh, orange one also at least partly. A Gibson car, or a Gibson chassis, or a copy of a Gibson chassis, or how did that how did that work? Todd Gibson, Gene Lee, and I in Todd Gibson's garage built that car. Kenny reached it and touched that piece. He, Kenny was supposed to be a partner and work on it. He he would just 
take forever to come around and he was always buying parts but he was always Kenny was building his copy up in his garage you know he was ah, kind of okay my favorite word for him is weasel but, oh. um, Okay. Uh, well, I, I I hope you don't print some of that, but I'm just letting well, you know some insight. Well, we're recording all of it, so it's uh, oh well. Yeah, um, if it comes out. It comes out. He already knows it. It's uh, it's an interesting look. I mean, you know, it. Uh, there's honesty is always the best policy, right? So, um, uh-huh. but I, but I, it just seemed like you and Todd were were pretty close um was he somewhat of a mentor to you in some ways or was it just kind of the commonality of the chassis part of it he, he was more of a mentor with, with with the chassis part because i was already i'll tell you one about todd in a minute uh uh he was more of a mentor on, on the chassis side of building stuff because I, my dad my dad, I took welding in high school. I went to vocational high school, so I could know how to fix my race cars. Because my dad couldn't hardly weld. He welded good enough; nothing fell off. But but if you looked at it, it looked it looked pretty bad, you know. Right. But uh, but uh, no, dad dad pretty well taught me everything about you. Know, okay. He he taught me because he taught me how when you're coming off turn one. Or turn two, you're looking down into turn three to see what's going on. When you're going into three, you're looking across the four. Yeah, drive you next he, mark. He taught yeah. me to look ahead. None of that come from Todd. Okay. And I'm not taking anything away from Todd because he taught me a lot about building. You know, Certainly but knew dad, a lot about building, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, Dad and Todd both, neither one knew nothing, at least because somebody, Kenny, uh Freddie Graves asked me at Sandusky, at Oswego mid midsummer what the spring rates were, and I looked at him and I said, "Bob Fry asked me that last week. What the hell is that?" And he <laughs> did, he he gave me the same look Fry did. He just looked at me like I was BSing him and stroking him and just walked away. Because Fry asked me the week before what spring rates are we running, because he brought that orange before you seen me drive it at us at Oswego in '71. Okay. Bob's dad had bought that for for Bob. Ah. And and Bob coming to me, what spring rates are you running? I said, what the hell spring rates? <laughs> so, well, I, I got up when, when Bally's hired me to go up to uh, New England and build their car. Tommy come up to me, and goes, what what spring rates did you run? I said, that's the third time I've heard that. I said, tell me what the hell that is. <laughs> so the Tom, Tommy explained it to me. I said, well, this is what we had in in the gold car, and this is what we had in the orange car because you had to know the bar length. Right. Then you had to know the bar diameter, and then you had to know the arm length. And, and, and there's almost like a slide rule for that. I said, well, hell, we didn't know that. And I said, Dad didn't know it, and I didn't know it, you know, but anyway. That's interesting. Yeah, and Tommy's jaw went down to about his knees. He goes, you're kidding me. I said, no. And well, he, he goes, well, how did you adjust it? I said, well, we just raise it up. Because when we'd go to Winchester, we'd, all we would do is raise the car up till it quit dragging. You know, when 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 they took the five over there years later, they stiffened it up so that it only traveled about an inch and a half like it's supposed to. Okay. You know. Well, so, but anyway, you were uh, so you you actually, of course, after seventy five classic, you went to Indy. Uh, yeah, Dick Ralph bought a car and we went to Indy. What was that like for you? I mean, that for for that back then. I mean, you, NASCAR was big but it wasn't i mean indy was the thing if you were in a super right and so back then um that was the 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 the, the dream and and you 
you succeeded in that. I mean, I understand that the end result wasn't what you would have hoped for, but just being able to go there and, and, and get on the track and, and have that experience, walk us through a little bit of what that was like for you. So young, especially. I, that At that point in history, I was kind of young because back then you had to have a lot of maturity before they'd even put you in those. Yeah. But uh, anymore, they just grab the young guy. And don't bring up NASCAR. That's just a bunch of taxi cabs. I never watched them except for when, <laughs> I never watched them except for when Stewart was racing and how NASCAR kept screwing over Stewart. It just backed up my thoughts about them, you know. Once again, uh, you 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 will have a lot of people listening to this who agree with you. So you know yeah. that's I I love the the honesty is refreshing, Gary. Um, but what was Indy like for you? What was that like to go there and actually be able to get, you know, take an Indy car out and in in you know and go through that process? Well, when we went out to Ontario Motor Speedway, which which was the same inside dimensions around that Indy was but the outside they gave you about I don't know how many more feet but the track was wider down the straightaways the track was wider through turn three and four or you know through the short shoots but uh, I went out there and I'd never sat in a car with no roll cage on it and that intimidated the hell out of me for a little bit so I went out once or twice and and didn't get going very fast they all they had me capped at what I could do okay but I I wasn't even really getting close Uh, and uh the third time I went to go out, we forgot to put fuel in it. And oh boy! I, I I fired up, fired up, went down the back straightaway, and it popped. Just sounded like a, or just started getting built up to speed, and it popped going down the front straightaway, and it coasted. I just let it coast till it stopped, and that was on the back straightaway. And the guys come around and they threw me a strap, and you just wrap it around that little teeny tiny roll cage behind your head and they started messing with me and I had my helmet off and they was joking with me and everything and, and uh, <laughs> I was joking back with them then when they put fuel in and I went back out then I jumped right up and got up right right up to 183 in less than uh, less than 500 miles and there was a guy back out in California they was building him up that he got up to 183 after 500 miles so when we got back to Indianapolis George Bignotti come up and shook my hand and said I'd done as good as anybody, and he rattled off uh, John Cock and Foyt and two others, and and uh, then naturally my crew started busting my balls and and, uh, that, that, and you know just, just you know just to calm me back down like Dad always would, I, and I I said I ain't getting excited, you know, but uh, so because of Ontario, uh, USAC. Oh, when, when we went to the USAC office now. They, I, I ain't even going to mention the guy's name, but uh, he gave me grief back at USAC office, and and, uh, and I just looked at him and thinking, screw you. But uh, <laughs> but well, again, well, you wouldn't every, be the first, probably, right? I mean, that's you know. Well, they they were saying. No, this is when we went to Indianapolis. I'm sorry, I got I'm getting confused. When we went to Indianapolis to test, okay, uh, I went out and, and 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 jumped right over the limit I was allowed, but that was because the the pit board guy inverted the numbers. Oh, and, and so I got set down that day, and I had to go to the office, and 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 they were telling me we sent this guy back, Jackie Stewart back, and we sent this guy back, and you're not going to come in here and do this. And I said, I said, hey, I. They showed me the pit board numbers and it showed me I had room to do more. 
So they parked me that day, but then I went out the next day. So I, I short, I, I stroked it going down the straightaways, and then I hit the short shoots real hard. And John Cock, I was told later by the crew to go. John Cock said, "Listen to that little shit. He, he's playing with him down the straightaways." And then I was hitting my speeds right on the number too, because wow. they allowed me 160 that day. Wow. So, but well, you couldn't tell. You know, I, I, I told him, I said, "My owner ain't got the money to be spending money on tires that." Uh, that, that we that I can't learn anything. I said I need to be able to go out there and do some stuff. So by going through the short shoots real fast, I was getting a feel for the car. I got you. Okay, well, that makes so, sense. Sure. Yeah. So I was. I guess that's called hot dogging a little bit. I don't know. Well. But but I I ended up screwing up that whole deal. So. Well, and, and you know what? It again, you know, in 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 one's career, there are highs and lows, and you know that. I, I know, like I said before, I know the end result didn't work out as well as you would have would have wanted it to. But the fact is, you got to go out there and you got to give it a shot. And, and you know, not many drivers, you know, obviously ever get that chance just to go out and experience what it's like to even be in the car and on the track and trying to qualify for the race, let alone, you know, obviously successfully making it. And back in that day, it was yeah. even harder than it is now, you know. Um, so many more cars and such. Um, but, uh, and, and then, uh, next thing we all knew you were back at Oswego in Doug Duncan's car, uh, which, well, I, I screwed up the Indy car deal a little bit later. We went to Trenton for a race and I was having trouble through that dog leg. And I went down and asked John Cock and, and they just said, you know, just go out and get used to it. And, and <laughs> race drivers Big bullshit no they bullshit i mean when, when they're just standing around talking after the races when they're saying they're flat footing it they got their heads up their butt yeah be, 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 because that's what i all i heard was you flat foot it through that dog leg so i flat foot it through the first lap at trenton and then the, you know when i went back out in the second lap at trenton i uh and, and i'm not talking about john cock i'm talking about some other guys yeah yeah uh uh and when I tried to flat foot it through the second lap at Trenton, I put a 45-degree angle on the front of that car, you know. And Oof. that should have wiped me out because I was seeing stars and wow. the throttle was stuck wide open, and I'm going through the infield, and I'm aimed right for the apex. And I said, okay, you gotta, you got to get your act together here because killing the, killing the kill switch wasn't hitting it. I think I had to reach down and shut the fuel shut off. But I got, I got it slowed down before it got back up on the track. But if I hadn't, you know. Oh. There wouldn't have been no interviews, <laughs> man. So, yeah, those were uh, those were some days in in that series too. I mean, the cars weren't nearly obviously as safe as they are now, uh, you know. Yeah. And um, man, uh, so was Trenton your last race in the car then? Well, I never made it to a race. I wiped it out at, at Phoenix. Wiped oh, it out at, oh, okay, uh, okay, and wiped it out at Trenton. Well, okay. that was my last time sitting in the car, and they bought a new one from Unzer's that was a sister to the one that Big Naughty had, and uh, they put a couple of different guys in it, and they weren't getting up to speed. And then uh, as a last chance, they put Jan Opperman in it, who, who had been at Indy a couple of times. I think he had run there once or twice. Okay. I, yeah. I, I, I followed him a little bit because we crossed paths in Florida twice. Gotcha. Okay. And and, and uh, when I seen him at some race in, in – uh, 
eastern western Pennsylvania where he started last in the heat race and by the time they come off of turn four for the first lap he passed all 10 cars <laughs> wow i've never seen that done before wow and, and as good as dad did on dirt he didn't do that good but yeah Man. dad just pulled just pulled high and smoked them all you know unbelievable and uh so but, uh, jan, jan started in the last row and finished 10th for, for dick rouse and and that was that got to be Dick Rouse's highlight of IndyCar racing. So, well, I mean, you know, again, it it was good for Dick. I know Dick was a major part of your, you know, your career back in those days. And so, um, you know, it's it's good that at least he got to, yeah, to experience that. You know, even if it wasn't able to be you behind the wheel. Uh, and He's the only car owner that gave me help for not buying enough tires. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, back back then we could, after one night on those good years, you could bring it back the next week and lose two tenths. It'd be two tenths slower than than when it was fresh, but then you could run it a third night and it, and it would be a total of five tenths slower. Okay. But 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 you still had control of the car. So he he told me and and a couple of times I had sold one or two of them off. And. and and just had a, a a new spare there, you know. And okay. He says you you make sure you keep good tires on this thing. He says sell sell those old ones, you know. And I, I said okay, but you know I still kept the two tents around for for a week or two. And and uh, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's I mean it's again it was a different ball game back then, and and um you know to have you come back in '76 and 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 drive for Duncan, which I mean, at that time, I think a lot of us were surprised because we 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 all thought. I think Johnny, if I remember right, I think Johnny got hurt, or maybe Doug had maybe they'd parted by then. I don't remember. No, Johnny got hurt, and Doug called me and asked me if I would drive it for for two weeks. And okay. I said, yeah, you know, I said, what about Johnny? Because well, he's he's going to be out at least two weeks. And I said, okay. And, and we went down there, and I think we won the first one, and then I ate the wall in the second one. And then I won the third one, and, and uh, we were we were just one or two tenths off of what the, you know how Oswego clocks you for for times and I'll have yeah, yeah. And, and they were announcing I was just one tenth away from recording the fastest. I mean I didn't hear it, but I come in and and Doug says hey I want you to go back out. You're just just a lap. You're just you're just a tenth off of being the fastest recorded lap. Wow. I said I said oh we don't care about that. I said we just want to win. we're here to win races. No I want I want them to. I want you to do that, you know. So I went back out and I lost it. <laughs> oh, well, I, you, I, 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 I got I got over my oops, Mark. <laughs> you were doing what you were told, right? <laughs> You're trying to get the fastest lap. Well, well I probably could have worked up to it a little bit slower than I did. Oh. You know, but, in, but anyway, well, you know, and, and again, you did have a good season that year. I mean, to end up. Um, I think you were you were finished second in the classic behind. Uh, Steven, yeah. yeah, I'm Steve, and you know, again, that was um, that two young guys, you know, relatively young racers that, you know, by then, you know, Steve and Eddie B and and yourself, and you know, there were there were some some drivers uh, that that were starting to challenge the Champagnes, and of course, Nolan was kind of at the end of his career at that point, and but. You know all the veterans, the coniums and the dates and and all of that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, it you know it was great to have you back. However it, however it happened, and then, 
in 77, if I remember, you kind of went away again for a little while, and then everybody was saying you were going to come back in Swifty's car, and you ended up coming back in the Flying Five. <laughs> well, I, uh, uh, I I don't know when they called me, but but they called me to go up go up there and that was in that friggin badger that car would change lanes on you just out of no place really yeah wow so I, I i don't that that's what happened in that classy it just i lifted going into three i mean this is only like the second or third lap of the classic and i was on the inside and it just did a reverse spin wow into into the uh, outside wall going into three then the that one that one was my worst concussion because there's six hours there I can't relive them because I don't remember, but I relive them because I've heard it repeated so many times. Okay, right. You know. Wow. Yeah, I remember so, that was a hard crash, and and um, you know, you car had didn't a, look bad, but it was dinged every place. You know. Yeah, and you'd had a couple of those with that car, if I remember right. That was a that was a kind of a rough rough uh, season for you with with that car. I think. Uh, well, the next year when we built that new car and Bally wouldn't let me, wouldn't didn't want to spend the money on on aircraft high ends because everybody Jimmy went down to the uh, from the five eighths to the half inch high ends, and, and uh, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, we so, couldn't find those, so I I was stuck with something I didn't want, and they kept breaking because I broke three hel- I broke two helmets in three weeks up at Oswego with that new car. Wow! And I was coming up. And I was getting concussions every damn time because it would it would mostly broke coming off of turn four. Oh my! You're really, you're really getting a good bite there. And I I just remember starting to lean up in the gurney, and 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 Harry's brother, the doctor, or he goes, "Oh no, we ain't going to have no more of this stuff." <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, I, I'd walk. You know, you take the concussions and and add that to uh, to my personality and and. I I was a little bit more of a character than than people wanted me to be. So. Oh, I got you. Okay. Well, you. I mean, over the years, Gary, you just you drove. I mean, between um, Duncan and and Bowley and Gary Miles and Matzik and Tobin and I mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on of all of the, the 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 car owners that you drove for and all the different cars that you drove. And I always remember that anytime you got into a car, the car went faster than it did. I mean, it seemed like, um, you know, and you would get into cars that, um, you know, hadn't really necessarily proven themselves per se, or, or at least weren't at that moment. Um, you know, I remember you getting in Chip Simmons' car the one year for the Classic and, um, getting into the seven car, that Tom uh, Bliss car, um, you know, and, and of course, uh, I think a couple of different cars for, for Skip and for Jack, uh, you know, a lot of them were good cars, but you just got in. It was almost, it was just magic to watch you, especially in the classics, because you just put on such great drives in those longer races. I just knew what the car could do and knew what I could do and just tried to stay within the bounds. But that one year I was in Skip's car, uh, when I hopped in that, Heaven had been in it, and that car was all over the place. 
And I got out and I said, what the hell did you do to this? He goes, why, what do you mean? I said, well, I thought Heaven's been driving this. He goes, he has. I said, I can't hang on to this thing. Yeah, I'm not and sure I'll Doug could either. <laughs> and, and, they, and they changed it, they had to change it around for me. But I, I had learned before that, like, Bentley can get X amount out of a car, and I can get the same amount out of it, but I got to do a different setup with it. Right. You know, and, and I learned that driving the 21 because uh, when when Jerry O'Neill got in the 21 after I got out of it, they had to change it around, and he was turning the same time as I was. Sure. And then, and then when he quit him and I got back in it, they had, you know, I was three tenths off of what he was turning, but they had to they had to change the spring rates around and do some other stuff, and then I was back at the same time as he was turning. You know, so did you have a particular car out of all the ones you ever drove at a Swiggo? Is there a particular car that you just really that that you just love driving that you really enjoyed driving? Was there you was there one car that you just that seemed like that car fit me to a T? The well, it wasn't so much the car; it's the suspension. Uh, when when Jimmy came out with that new offset that he had, went from eight to eighteen inches. Sure. Yep. Uh, he changed the suspension on the back too, it, and uh, and I'll, I'll I'll try to explain this if I can keep my head straight. Okay. Uh, Jim Jimmy did away with 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 the torsion bar being part of the traction. It it was uh, because back in the seventies we had a top torsion bar on the back, and it went to the birdcage on the back, and on the bottom. The birdcage just tied to the torsion arm. Okay. So when you hit the throttle, uh, the chassis would ri- rise up, but but the right rear was digging in and the left rear was digging in. And then when Jimmy came out, he just had two long radius rods on the right side, and 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 the torsion arm still connected to the bottom of the birdcage, but it wasn't connecting tied in with tied in. I'm not saying this right. It wasn't tied into the suspension the same. Okay. Um, so it was just swinging. It was just more or less pushing and not digging. Ah. And and, and, and that's why uh, those cars. That that's why guys with my driving style would take a couple laps to adapt because I'd have issues with it. You know, without knowing it. And and. Uh, How did you have so. to drive it differently? What was the adjustment that? what were you doing and what was the adjustment you needed to make in your driving in order to kind of get the hang of it? I, I, I don't remember anymore to be honest with you. Cause okay. I, things I think about, I, I can still bring up. Right. Because, but, uh, like my wife, my, I was married for 30 years and then I got divorced, but, uh, my wife liked using the excuse that I couldn't remember anything. <laughs> no, things things that aren't important I don't hang on to. There but A, B, and C I got right there, sweetheart. Right there. You go. Your eyes, you know. But uh, <laughs> Well, you definitely had a long career of at Oswego and and uh I mean I will never forget and I if I think this was your last win there, was the Isma Classic uh in the um seventy seven car. Red yeah, the seven or yeah, whatever number was on it at the time. Yeah, that was uh what was it, Tim T trucking? No. That wasn't. It was Dave. No. It was. Uh, gosh, what was his name? He's out of Ohio, right? Well, Dave May maintained it, but I forget the guy's name that that uh, owned it. Okay. But uh, they'd set the. Uh, my brother-in-law, Dave Ioso, came down from New York to help set 
set those up. So for me, and and uh, we won we won the Isma race pretty easily. I mean, there's two guys that'll tell you that they they had me beat, but I just would slow down and I was pacing myself because I hadn't drove hardly at all. Right. So I, I was trying to save what I had for the classic. But the next day in the classic, the car did exactly what Bentley did in in several of those Dunnigan cars. You know, Bentley would start up front and he would drift backwards. Yeah. Well, when that we went out with a semi full load and that car was fast, I went by the guy that won it. What was it? The uh, he's not racing there anymore. So we go ask him not to come back. Greg Furlong. Furlong. Yeah, I went by Furlong like he was parked, and I come in and said we're good to go. So then they finished topping it off and jacked it up and went over a few things. But when the race started, I started going backwards, and I'm going, what the hell's wrong with this? Then I remembered, well, I've seen Bentley do this a couple times. Let's just ride this out a little bit. So I got back to about 15th or 16th, and there's there's a group of seven that Gosick and, and Russ Wood was in the middle of. When they were going into three, I was just coming off of two. And I go, if I don't get going, I'm going to get lapped. So I just picked the pace up a little bit because the car still didn't feel right. You know, it, it I, I don't know how to explain it, but it just yeah. it just didn't. Anyway, I just picked the pace up a little bit, and I caught them and passed them in three laps. I'm going, well, hell, this is good. <laughs> and and, and, and uh, Russ Wood had just broke through, and I, I just got by Joe, and I think Russ was sixth, and I, I pulled up on him. I said, I'm going to wait a lap or two. I'm going to relax the tires a little bit. And about that time, it seized up. And I had told them it went at uh, Jennerstown. Because I grew up with race cars, so I mean, I, I and and but uh, whenever you have a free rev on an on an engine, you got to take it home, tear it apart because you sprung a couple rods. Ah, okay. And, and Bill, I don't Bill something or other, and he used to drag race. Oh, bullshit! We 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 free rev more than that, you know, and it don't hurt him. I said we need to tear this engine apart, and uh, I said it ain't gonna last. And I wasn't tracking what was where. Okay. But, uh, uh, but then. Uh, when I pulled up on Russ and I said so the motor ended up seizing on you is that what yes it did oh man Kovacs was that his last name yeah Kovacs Kovacs. knucklehead yeah (laughs) well I I, I, it's funny because as soon as I said Bill I'm like wait a minute it was it was there it is Kovacs yeah yeah yeah, that was uh, because wasn't that one of uh, Skip's wasn't that one of the cars that died Daryl those were both skip yeah, cars. Yeah. Okay, that's what I you thought. Know, he, yeah. He he had he had bought the Schulich cars too, that and and Dave was pushing me to run one of those, and I said, I said, nope, I know these cars. That's what I'm running. Okay. You know? Yeah. Well, that was fun. It was fun to watch you win that uh, Isma race, and um, you know, it was. Uh, I mean, you had quite a career. I mean, is there is is there any is there any race? I mean, obviously, I'm sure the classic win stands out for you. Is there maybe an, another race along the way somewhere that that uh, that just sort of stands out in your mind as wow? I had a bunch of fun that day. Um, not off the top of my head, I can't think of anything to be honest with you. Tried to have fun most of the time, but it didn't always work out. <laughs> well, oh, 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 that 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 time I was stroking. Fry around a couple of weeks before Sandusky's classic. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he would agree. 
him out. He got he gets mad at me because I, I that one year I brought that. He's an undertaker out someplace in in Arizona. And he oh, comes no back kidding. every now and then. yeah, he comes back every now and then. And I I kidded him about that once, and he he wasn't real happy. With that, <laughs> Funny how two drivers can see the same situation totally differently, right? <laughs> well, who was uh, who was who was the one driver that you raced against, or was there one driver that you just totally respected? I mean, who would who were some of the guys? We'll, we'll make it plural. Who were some of the guys that you just really enjoyed racing against over the years? Todd Bentley, um, Coney, and they'd all race you clean. Nolan, he, 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 the little bit I got to race against him, he ran you clean. The, the the first time I won a heat race up there, I'd passed Nolan coming off a of turn three in a semi, turn four, and I could hear the crowd cheer. I mean, we we're in the cars. I mean, it was just to see it. I guess the crowd was just happy to see a new guy, you know, beat the old timer that that you know the guy that won so much. Was that with a gold car? That was with the gold seventy-five. Yes, yes. Didn't you Coming pass? Off of three. Didn't you pass Jimmy or beat Jimmy? And wasn't it that same race, or was it a different? I know. I almost want to say it was the same week you beat Jimmy in one of the the, the preliminary races because that was kind of where everybody first went. Who is this? <laughs> uh, I I I honestly don't remember. I just just remember passing Swifty and hearing the crowd cheer going down the front straight away. And man, I'm wide open and I can hear them cheering. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, uh, boy, you just, uh, you had, you, you accomplished a lot and you packed a lot into, uh, uh, you count up feature wins. I didn't do that many. Well, <laughs> but you know what, though? I mean, is it, it? I mean, obviously, it's about winning, but it's really not always about winning. For at least the way that, that that I've heard it said from a lot of other drivers that I've talked to in all facets of the sport, not necessarily just supers, but um, you know, a lot of them say, you know what, winning is great when you do it, and and if we all had our way, we would win every race that we run, but. If you that would that would get old. If you well, you know, if you can say that you you gave it your best, and and it's everybody talks about the people, the relationships, and the people, and that's over the years I've started to even realize that in my own little piece of the 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 racing world that I've been in, as far as doing media and all of that, and just being a fan, it's the relationships and the people and the friendships and and the ability to to. You know, sit here right now and look back all the way to the early 70s and remember the good times and remember the people that, you know, that are still your friends today or that you, you know, grew up idolizing or whatever the case. But um, it's really just such a relationship driven sport in a lot of ways. And I think more so than, you know, a lot of other sports just because. You know the drivers are 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 a big fraternity. I don't know that it necessarily works that way in the NFL or whatever. But you may not have won as much as you wanted to, but you certainly you there there are a lot of people that I know that have a ton of respect for you, and your name is always it, whenever a discussion is had about you know the all time greats or the 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 legends of the super modified world your name is always very high up, uh, up and i know that for many years you were you were the one everybody wanted to put in their car because they knew that if they put you in it it had a better chance of winning in a lot of cases than it did with them in it and um that has to be satisfying at least on some level that enough people 
had enough respect for you to 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 offer you the, all of those opportunities that you had. Well, well, thank you. I, uh, uh, I don't 100% agree with that because I can rattle off two or three guys I kind of wanted to drive for over the years that never got to. But really, yeah. Well, but, uh, there was well, Mac, the Dowker family out of Michigan. You know that they were they had quite a few guys in. In Max and I always had good conversations, but but maybe when he wanted the driver, I wasn't available, or or just maybe he thought you know because some people thought I was a little bit too much of a cowboy at times, but I don't know. Cowboy in what way? A little little too aggressive, or or what? I mean, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Uh, probably too aggressive. You know. Okay. I I didn't beat and pound on people unless they beat and pounded on me. Then I I had no issue giving it back. Right. You know? Right. Well, I mean, you you certainly were a lot of fun to watch, Gary. And and you know, I I I was saying this to to Kemp Dates when I was talking to him, and we we did a, a show with him as well. And um, you know, I I, I said, you know, he I'm, had me take his car out once. I remember that. In fact, it was kind. Of, this is kind of a, a an interesting tie-in too. And when I mentioned Kemp's name, it it. I remember you doing that was in 76 and um, I had thought that it, you drove it the week after his fire but in fact that wasn't correct he actually came back and ran up front but but I knew that at some point you'd driven the car and I finally found the program with the reference to that night that you were actually in the car um, yeah. and um, so yeah you that was another car owner that you ran at least one one race for uh and you know but i was saying to kemp that you know there are so many of us fans that are old enough to you know to remember those days who you know you it was all of you guys you know we go to the track week after week as kids and you guys are our heroes you know, I remember getting your autograph numbers of times in the 70s. I used to go over every week with, with my program and, and get everybody's autograph, and you were always very nice to me, as were most of the guys. And I remember, you know, that that experience for us was very, um, it was very powerful, and it was it was just it that it's why we still you know go to the speedway and still love. Um, I mean, I cover all kinds of racing now and, and have the chance to do a lot of different things in the sport, have had the chance over the years to do a lot of different things in the sport. Nothing will ever compare to the Super Modifieds for me, and it was your, um, I, I'll say, generation of, of drivers, that era, the 70s, that formed um, the roots of, of, you know, our enjoyment of the, the, the sport. And, you know, I, I, I know when you're doing something, you don't really stop to think about impact or, you know, who you're touching or, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, looking back on it, uh, you know, it was it was your group for 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 us who were kids in the 70s. It was you and, and the rest of that group that raced there, um, you know, who who gave us so many years of, of enjoyment, right, obviously, up into the days um, early two thousands, I guess, or the nineties, I guess. When I'm trying to think, gosh, how long ago was it that you you won that yeah. Isma race? It seems like uh, it was about three weeks ago in my head, but I know it was it's probably late nineties, right, mid nineties, late nineties. Um, and uh, you know, you had a long career, so you know, 
don't ever question the impact that you had on people and how much people enjoyed watching you run. But it is interesting to hear you say that there were actually car owners you would like to have driven for that you never you never had the chance to do that because you drove for so many. <laughs> yeah, and, and one one week we was going up to Michigan and, and there was a a firefighter that I was sitting across from because we got rained out or or it was done. We was leaving one track and going to the next one. But I'm sitting there and talking with the crew and, and, and just some fans. And the one guy was a firefighter from Sandusky. He goes, you're not a bad guy. He, he, he says, I'm a Dave Schulich fan, and I always thought you was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I said, why would you say that? He said, he's in so many different cars. <laughs> I, I said, well, some people's called me that. There's no doubt about that. But I said, I always tried to get along. You know, I said, That's funny. I said if somebody was butting heads with me, and if I thought I was right, I'd hold my ground, you know. So that that's the jarhead in me, but did but, did uh, did you get to, did you race a modified at one point? Somebody told me that you ran a modified Vec- once or twice. Vecchio, they they come up and ask, yeah, that was a fun trip. Uh, Vecchio's come up and asked me to drive it because I think I don't know who, I don't know if the old man asked or if the kid asked. Okay, and, and uh, but anyway, oh, the the kid Tony come down Vecchio. and says, hey, my dad wants to talk to you. I says, okay, walk down. We start talking. He introduces himself. And I didn't know nothing about those cars or who was faster, who wasn't. But yeah, I took it out in the in in the heat race, and I passed uh, three cars and one cop passed. I went high, got the first one, got the second one going low, and got the third one going high. I passed three cars in one corner, and those guys went nuts. <laughs> and then a lap, then a lap later, the rear end and the engine both broke at the same time. Oh so gosh. They, so they were in there trying to get get it fixed for the for the Conti, so I could get out in the Conti and go. And I was looking forward to running that. And and um, was that for a modified two hundred? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, somehow and, I don't remember. Valley was Valley was bitching and moaning. You're you're my driver. I said, you don't have me on an exclusive contract with a lot of money to set. So you know, wow. and Tommy just laughed. That's funny. <laughs> And wow. He was afraid I wasn't going to have no no juice left for the next day. Oh, yeah. I got you. Okay, okay. Wow, I I don't know why I'm usually really sharp with details from for you know even from way back then I I kind of pride myself on that and for some reason somebody had told me that they remembered you doing that once or twice and I said I don't remember Gary ever driving a modified. Um, it was a Vecchio car. Interesting. And, and I, that was easy to remember because uh, AJ Michaels wasn't married to Sharon yet and and. and I thought she was a little hottie there, and I go, "Oh, this would be fun." <laughs> but, but but that never took off. But yeah, it broke, and, and they we didn't get to make the features. And I thought they was going to call me next year, but I think they put Bentley in it then. Oh, gotcha. So, okay. But okay. but they they just said we don't know if it's the car or the driver. And so when I got out of it after that after that race, they said. The old man looked at the kid, and the kid says, yeah, I know. It's the driver. I'm out. <laughs> so that's, that's when they started putting that uh, that guy that won two or three of those 200s for him. Hirschman. Her, Tony Hirschman? Like, okay. Yeah, Hirschman. Yeah, Tony. So, yeah. Yeah. That's... Uh, that no. was that was quite a time. Well, that's that's interesting. I I had no idea that you'd done that. And and again, you know, that just back then it was it was so common to see drivers sort of cross. I call it cross pollinating. You know, you go from one yeah. car to the other or whatever, and even you know asphalt to dirt. You know, whatever with wink like Winks and Cypress used to do, and Jimmy and some of the other guys. But um, 
you know, it, it, uh, it, and that made it fun again, that made it fun for the fans and you don't see that as much anymore. It's more specialized and you don't see many people doing double duty, um, you know, anymore like that. And, uh, you know, I wish we kind of, I wish we could get back to that somehow because it makes it so much more fun. But, uh, well, Gary, thank you so much for, uh, spending, gosh, we've been at this over an hour now. That's how quickly time goes by when you're, um, talking racing and having a good time. And I I am very grateful to you because again, you were, you were a driver that I always paid attention to and always enjoyed watching run, no matter what car you were in. Um, and, uh, always had tremendous respect for your ability and, uh, you know, thankful, uh, for the time to be able to sit down and kind of walk through and, and wander among the, <laughs> the past, uh, uh, parts of your career a little bit. Well, thank you for the interview. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, look forward to doing it again sometime down the road. That was Gary Albritton and want to thank all of you for tuning in to this episode of the Inside Groove Super Modified Podcast. And of course, thank our sponsors, JNS Paving, along with, um, the staff at Skip's Fish Fry and also IPCIndy.com, Indy Performance Composites, and look forward to being back again next week with another episode of the Inside Groove Super Modified Podcast. Until then, happy Thanksgiving. Hope all of you have a blessed and joyous Thanksgiving week and weekend, and uh, we'll be back with another show next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. So long. You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.